Good morning. Welcome to Real Time with IPELRA, a podcast dedicated to HR topics in local government. I'm Megan Falera. And I'm Christina White. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about the secret being promoted. Before we get to our topic, though, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming webinar available to you exclusively through IPELRA. On July 10th at 10 a.m., we will be offering a on sexual harassment prevention and awareness. And interestingly enough, today's guest is going to be the host of that show. With us today is Jen McMahon, IPELRA board member, HR director at the city of St. Charles. And on July 10th, your host for the upcoming webinar. Good morning, Jen, how are you? I'm really good. Good morning to both you and Christina. Morning. So a few weeks ago, you shared with me a really interesting Forbes article, and we started talking about the secret to getting promoted. Do you have the answer? Do you have the, what is the secret to getting promoted? Where should we start? I do have the magic answer, so everybody listen carefully. <laughs> Basically, in a nutshell, it's to stand out, to do something more than just what you're required to do. And there's a couple of specific examples in that Forbes article that I really enjoyed, but that, that's a nice summary of what it, what it is to, to get recognized and get promoted. So there's no magic beans that we plant, the stock doesn't grow, and then, you, and then you magically, you're where you need to be? No, you actually have to take some responsibility and, and make some effort. I love it. I love it. I think it's really, um, I know for myself, I remember when I shot out of college like a cannon, I thought I was just going to bust into my first $70,000 job and, you know, show everyone who's boss. And that's not the case. I mean, you, you do need to start entry level. And, and from there, you, mentorship helps and, and um, doing those extra things, right, to, to get promoted. I know you when, when you and I spoke earlier, too, we talked about um, a few examples that happened during shelter in place. Absolutely. And it's funny, Megan, I thought the exact same thing when I graduated for co from college. I'm not sure where young students get that, but we all seem to, to get that, that notion. I don't know, if Christina, if you, you felt that way as well. Uh, it's a rude awakening for, for sure. Um, but you're right, the shelter in place really for me, and I don't know how it showed up in all of your organizations, showed me what employees are those employees that we definitely want to keep in our organization and if possible, grow them and promote them. And those were the ones that said, listen, put me wherever, what can I do? I, I want to be of service and I will do anything even outside my job description versus the ones that were immediately asking for hazard pay, requiring uh, or demanding that they be sent home, but that their pay and benefits remain constant, even though they may not be working. That really soured me. And mm -hmm. it's not going to be easy for me to forget which employees chose which, which lane to be in during the shelter in place. Right. What can you do for me versus what can I do for you? And I, I, I think, yeah, they, they always say, like, you, you show people who you really are in times of crisis, uh, when your true colors come out. That's, you know, wouldn't you want your supervisor to think that you are going to roll up your sleeves and dig in? And I'm not saying compromise your health or, or anything like that. This was a very scary time. 
but there are ways to help and assist even still while being safe at home. Absolutely. I even looked at myself and I thought, this is a really different time and certainly not a crisis that we can look back in recent history and go, well, this is how a similar crisis played out. We were all learning as we go. And I looked at myself and I thought, this is going to really impact our budget. And I'm concerned that we're going to have to do some really serious things um, that may be personnel cuts of some type, whether you're talking a layoff or a furlough or wage freezes. So I'm going to make sure that my boss knows he can't live without me. And I'm going to do all I can to convey that. And I was looking for that from from my staff. And um, luckily, I have an amazing staff, and they all acted that way. But there were certainly other people throughout the organization that didn't take that perspective. That surprised me. Yeah, I, I agree. I felt the same way. You know, we were all kind of waiting for, um, you know, Rome to fall when we started sheltering in place, and it didn't. But then it, it had me thinking, huh, you know, with the, the age old adage is doing more with less in government, we were certainly doing more with less. And can we continue that? Um, and if, and, and where do you fall as an employee? Do you want to be on the less side? And, you know, how does that shake out? So let's get, this Forbes, let's get to this Forbes article. Why don't you start and um, tell me what struck your interest in reading this and what some of these winners are for some of our listeners who may be looking to get promoted or positioning themselves for promotion within their organization. Absolutely. And I'm not sure how I came across this article, but I noticed it's it's not recent. It was back in 2015 that it was um, issued. But it the the writer gave seven pointers for getting noticed. How do, how do you get promoted? And uh, I thought, wow, this really helped resonate with what I kind of knew very loosely in my head, what I look for as a supervisor or as a department director or as an HR person in, in wanting to promote people. And they, they probably won't be a surprise to people, but it's something you really need to think about in terms of incorporating how you work uh, today. Um, and I don't know if you had the chance to look at them, if they resonated with, with both of you as well. Absolutely. I think the, the interesting part about getting noticed and taking something off your boss's desk, and Jen, you, you talked a little bit about just initially the, um, that sort of sense with your employees of making sure that you're kind of thinking about what can we do? There's a crisis going on and, and, and how can we help? And I think that's important in every industry, but especially in local government where we talk so much about being of service, right? And, and, and that's sort of the cornerstone of everything we do. Um, what I really found interesting um, about the, the getting noticed is it's not enough to sort of do things silently in the corner um, and not talk about them. Part of this is is a little bit of being able to sort of sell what you're doing and sell the the accomplishments and the things that you're um, you're doing for the organization. Talk a little bit about about that aspect of it. Well, I think sometimes one of the ways to sell yourself is is with actions rather rather than words. And one of the yes. um, the first points in that article is just simply to take initiative. And I love the phrase that the author uses. It says, use your job description as a starting point, not an end point. And I don't know how often you all have heard, well, that sounds like it's a little bit above my pay grade, or that's mm-hmm. not in my job description. Don't ever utter those words. Any <laughs> listeners, right. don't ever utter, utter those words. <laughs> right. Uh, 
if you want to get noticed and you want to, as Christina pointed out, point out what you're bringing to the table, that's seen in your actions and taking initiatives and looking and seeing a coworker or your supervisor that has something on their desk that they're struggling to do and initiate, whether it's a kind of a lack of knowledge or ability to get started or a lack of time. And you can offer to take some or all of it off their plate and really knock it out of the park. You're taking that initiative that's going to get noticed and that's going to communicate to the people around you through actions rather than words that I'm somebody you can count on here. You know what, that reminds me of a story um, of an intern at, at another organization. This was just passed on to me. And she had an internship, and the internship was ending at the end of the summer. And there really wasn't a place for her to go, which is unfortunate. A lot of people, um, you know, it's nice if you have an internship that can lean into something full time. And it was a, a time when there weren't a lot of opportunities. And as a lot of us know, there are limited opportunities in municipal government. Um, so what she did was she saw a need and she filled it. She, I forget exactly what the project was, but she ended up doing an analysis, some analysis that needed to be done, charting the data and the results and just gave it to the city manager, no expectations. And lo and behold, would you believe he created a position for her? Right. And little things like that, you stand out in someone's mind um, and you, you, you're noticed in a positive way. Right. We had an employee who was kind of in a crew leader position type position in, in water division, excellent employee. And we had a vacancy in a first line supervisory position in more like the division that deals with streets and and roadways and sidewalks. And the manager for that division said, I'm going to go ask him to see if he's interested in this job. He's done such a great job in this crew leader position, this other division uh, and he stood out. He didn't realize he was standing out and he took that promotion. And we were lucky because he was already looking at a similar uh, position in another community. And we were able to keep him in the organization and we were able to give him some career growth that he probably didn't anticipate because it was outside sort of his his technical lane. Um, but we right. knew that we could we could groom him and we knew that he was the type of employee that we definitely wanted in a leadership position. And so his his um, breadth of knowledge is growing by being in this different division and we've kept a really solid employee and, and uh, we've developed him and we didn't have to go and recruit for that position. And that's all about success. Story. Yeah. It was all about how he demonstrated his commitment to the organization, his work product, his attitude, all of those things we noticed. Yeah, that's great. I love it. You know, um, without naming names, but I, as supervisors, both of you, I'm sure you can think, about someone in your organization who's, you know, we, just like a parent doesn't have favorites. You don't, but you do. Um, and <laughs> that, that stand out in your mind that you like. What is it that you like about them? What are, I think well, that, for me, Megan, oh, go ahead, Jen. Oh, no, please. I was going to say, for me, we've had some um, of promoting people from within. And what always stands out is just what Jen just described, that willingness to, to help and go above and beyond. The mm-hmm. random phone call that makes its way to your desk that really has nothing to do with any of your core functions, but um, nobody knew what to do with it. So they, they sent it your way and you do what it takes to get that customer an answer and get them the right answer and not just keep passing them around or saying, well, this is not me, let me transfer you. So even something as small as, as taking those extra steps to provide excellent customer service 
um, and doing doing things even when it's not part of your job or when it's not something that falls under under your umbrella. Yeah. I've got two employees that are just standing out in my mind right now. And then I'll, I'll throw it back over to you, Jen. Um, my organization is currently closed to the public. We're, we're getting ready to reopen. And I had an employee completely outside of the scope of his job, but he just sent me a link to a place where I can buy floor decals that say social distancing six feet apart. It was helpful. It was local. It was, took something off my plate versus another employee who came to me and asked if I thought about offering an early retirement incentive that would benefit <laughs> only, only him. And I, you know, you can guess which one I was more pleased to hear from. But Jen, what were you going to say? Well, I just, um, listeners, if you, if you, if you're asking yourself, am I a person that's doing this? Am I stepping out and taking initiative and, and going that extra mile? You will know because you will get rewarded with more work. People, you will be looked at as the the go-to person. And sometimes that's frustrating, but it's actually a sign of people are depending on you. They see you and they trust you and they're giving you more work. And in the long run, that will pay off, uh, I believe, in terms of career advancement. That's a great point, John, because we normally look at that, we normally look at that as a little, I'm, I'm becoming this go-to person. That just means everything sort of gets piled on. But to your point, that's that could be a good thing mm-hmm. because it goes back to making sure that you're needed and your organization when they need you are less likely to pass you up or toss you aside. Right. So that's, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Right. Right. Be showing that you're vital to the organization, especially now, especially when we're facing a time where we're going to be uh, without a doubt, municipalities are going to be facing uh, budget constraints, having to look, you know, as our revenues start coming in with what's been happening over the last few months, if we're facing layoffs, if you um, you know, there's there's positions on the chopping block. If someone has proven to be an invaluable individual during this time, I, I would like to think that organizations are going to find a way, if possible, if they can, to keep that individual. I agree. Another thing that stood out to me in this article, um, it wasn't just um, do your job and do it well and, and go uh, above and beyond, but it was likability. And um, what they meant by likability was was you know, not just the person who brings in the, the office bagels and goes out for happy hour every Friday, but it was um, working with your teammates, um, signing up for things. I know that I am always doing polls, like, hey, if I have flu shots, who's going to do a flu shot? Or I'll have, like, um, employee, I had a dodgeball tournament. I wanted people to participate. It's, it's the person in the organization that says, yeah, I, I'll get a dodgeball team together. You know, it's, some, it's something that other people want to work with. It's building those relationships and um, having someone that, that you want to work with, not just someone that can do the job, but someone that you enjoy doing the job with. Has that been your experience as well, ladies? Yeah, absolutely. I think what you're talking about covers a couple of different things in that article. Build rapport with everyone, participate in, in your extracurricular activities, and be a team player. Those were three points in there, and I think it's all encompassed about those things as don't underestimate the value of building relationships with people, even outside your little work group and, and, and real relationships, not, not superficial um, kind of just, you know, shining a person on, but actually really real relationships. And you can leverage that take initiative and a point and help in developing those relationships, but you just never know going back to the example I gave before when a person might notice you and they know they have a good relationship with you and they, they, they can bring you an opportunity. And so 
Um, for those of us that are introverts, it's that's a little bit more challenging, but you need to find a way to connect with people. And it, the, the article offers a nice example is just start with a nice gesture. You know, you're running out to get coffee, offer to pick up something for, for another person. Um, and that goes into, like you said, attend those, those extracurricular activities, that, that dodgeball uh, game, that wellness team event. I know that my, my boss said to me um, when I asked for advice about growth is, you know, Jen, given, the ro- given your role, you don't have a lot of face time in, in front of city council, and I don't. I'm not making a whole lot of recommendations unless I'm bringing a collective bargaining agreement to the table. And he said, I think it'll be helpful to show up to some more of these community events, a chamber event um, or um, a legislative event. And, and I started doing that and, and was having an opportunity to connect with the elected officials on an informal basis. And now they knew who, who Jen McMahon was the person rather than that's just the HR director who gives us some recommendations on contracts once in a while. Those are going to be very valuable when there's a promotional opportunity and somebody's going, Oh, I, I know that person. And, and I like that person and they're, they're, they're always friendly and helpful. I really want to take a look. They might be good for this opportunity. I think you bring up a good point too, about the nature of the industry that we work in, which is municipal government. We're not making widgets at a factory where you can work harder and make more widgets. Getting involved in the community, really showing that you're not just there for a paycheck. Uh, Some of us, um, some positions, they have residency requirements, but more often than not, they don't. So a lot of us live outside of the communities that we work in. But really keeping your finger on the pulse of the community, knowing the streets that are, that the names of the streets, what's going on, like you said, the chamber, um, if there's ribbon cutting ceremonies, if there's holiday lighting ceremonies, really being involved and invested outside of the actual day-to-day tasks, I think it's a great way to show kind of your um, loyalty, your, your, we don't have a corporate allegiance, but your municipal allegiance and your interest in truly caring um, about the organization. I always say it's not an accident that we work in local government. Majority of us are here because it is our chosen profession. We believe in local government. We believe in uh, building strong and and wonderful communities. And what better way to learn about them than to be involved? Absolutely. Elected officials love their town. That's why they have stepped up to serve it. And they either grew up there or they specifically chose to move there and they're raising their family there. And when they see that the employees who work for them love their town and their community as well, that that's so important to them. That's so important to them. And so a, a simple gesture of showing up at the, the holiday celebration or the 4th of July celebration really gets you noticed and really matters to them. Mm-hmm. When we talked about participating, I'm, I'm looking at this article and it says speak up. I remember um, when I was uh, just starting out in my career, a lot of the times I'd get invited and I was very fortunate to be invited to sit at the table and attend these meetings. A lot of the times I didn't, Um, speak up. I didn't say anything because I thought, oh, who cares what my role in the organization has to say about this. But I think if there's something that you can contribute, do. Find a way to say something. You never know. Um, I know at a later date, uh, we'll likely be talking about generational differences in the workplace. And so if you are young in your career, or maybe you have a different background, your voice matters. What you have to say can really help us in what we're looking for here to speak up. And if you're at a meeting and you have questions, you know, 
if you can find a time to maybe talk to your boss later or your supervisor or someone else and ask them what their thoughts on something. I know um, I would be nothing short of flattered if someone came up after a meeting I had and said, you know, tell me more about this. What are your thoughts on this? And then I would know, oh, they're interested in things like that. Do you have any stories or anything that you can share, Christina, about your experience with this? Uh, well, I think, yeah, just going back to stepping up and volunteering to participate in things that are outside of what you would normally do. So I think, Megan, you touched on having some different wellness activities and looking for people to lead. Um, I'm sure we've all had those experiences when we start a volunteer committee, a wellness committee, an insurance committee, whatever it is, and we're asking for employees to engage and to take on um, take on those responsibilities to represent the organization and help us come up with recommendations and changes and things to do. Um, you start to see everybody sort of shrink back and, and nobody wants to make eye contact because they don't want to be picked to be the, the chair of that new committee. Be the person that, that volunteers to be the chair of that committee. Yep. Be the person that volunteers to take on the task, even if it's not something that you would normally do or be comfortable with it's a challenge for yourself to learn something new and, and part of being promoted is learning what goes on in the organization outside of your role and this goes back to being part of the community being part of those leadership meetings um, there there is a bigger picture understanding of how all of the pieces of a community fit together um, and if, if that's something if you're looking for career advancement if you want to grow in an organization in your position understanding what goes on outside of your department and what goes on at the city level and what goes on at the community level and what are the challenges and the opportunities that the community is facing and the decisions that they're trying to make. Getting involved in those activities outside uh, of the norm is how you learn about other departments and how you learn and get to know other people. And it's also a great way to network with other people in your organization because when you're sitting in those committee meetings and you're talking, um, you're getting to know each other and you, you have an opportunity right. to have that face time with others. So it, it sort of encompasses a lot of the things we've talked about today. I also Christina, think, I love, that, you know, there's, go ahead. I just love Christina's example, like volunteer to be the chair. We all know as HR professionals, we hear that feedback all the time of you should get input from everybody and everybody should contribute. We're, we're constantly putting together, you know, committees with representation from all different levels and departments and and then you actually execute it and people are like oh, I don't want to sit on this committee oh <laughs> I would so welcome somebody to say I want to do this I will chair yes. it I will be a part of it that would make such an impression on my absolutely. mind absolutely that's such a great I, idea absolutely um I think we would all really just I think any HR person, any, even any manager, any assistant manager would say, oh my gosh, that's amazing to have somebody enthusiastically volunteer to take yeah. on a new challenge would be awesome. I also think um, there's nothing wrong with being direct. Having a sit down conversation with your supervisor, or if you can get the ear of the city manager, the assistant city manager, and just say, look, I'm looking to, I, I really like working here. I like um, this organization and where it's going. I'd like to enrich my position here and, and my professional development. What is your advice for me? Where do you think I should pay attention? Is there, in terms of succession planning for the organization, where do you think opportunities may be for me in the future so I can start investing now? I know, again, if I had an employee come to me, I, I can think about where, what our organization is going to look like in a few years, and I could say, that's great. I'd like you to start doing X, Y, and Z. And then as I start thinking about succession planning and where we might, what the organization might look like in a few years, I'll know, oh, 
Ryan's come to me. He said that he likes this, that, and the other. I could possibly move him into that role, or we can put them working together. Um, everything's fluid. And, and I know uh, in your example earlier about uh, John, the gentleman in your organization that would have left had you not tapped him for that. So it's a two-way street. Employers can tap employees, um, and employees can tap employers saying, you know, where do you think there might be an opportunity for me in the future? Yeah, I that's a good point, Meg. Bring up, totally that, bring up those opportunities. Hopefully, everyone's having um, at least somewhat regular conversations with their supervisor, and it's not just the once a year evaluation. But whenever those opportunities are, even if, if you know it generally focuses on projects or, or performance, take the take that opportunity of that FaceTime to have a conversation about goals and development. I think that's an important yes. part. Everybody. Uh, everyone plays and you're right. It's, it's a two way street. It's not, shouldn't just be the supervisor initiating those conversations. Yes. Yeah, I agree, Megan. That's great advice about be direct. I, I, that's exactly what I did. I asked my city manager to lunch uh, so we could get out of the org organization and have a nice lunch. And I offered to pay as well, but you don't have to do that. But, wow. I, but I took him to lunch and, and, and asked him what, I was very, very clear. This is something I'd be interested in, this, this, this promotional opportunity. What is it that you see I need to do? And that's when I got the advice of elected officials need to see you more. They need an opportunity yeah. to build connection with you. I think you really, what would benefit you is to go to these types of events. And that's what I started doing. I spent the next year when, when the email would go out from his executive assistant, who wants to participate in this event? I do. I do. The only one I didn't do is golf outings because I cannot golf. But all the other luncheons and, and meetings and interactions with legislative people, I was there. And, and it, it worked. I actually had the opportunity to build more of a relationship with the elected officials who attended those, those events. And that was through Hashtag a direct conversation. You know? Yeah, that's great. I love that uh, not only are you giving this advice to our listeners, but you've also taken it yourself and you've learned from example. Um, and I'm also with you with golf. Uh, I, there's zero, nothing that appeals to me about that, um, except maybe running <laughs> in the golf cart and the drinks afterwards. But I'm with you. I would do everything else. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on in this article before we wrap up today is something that should go without saying, but I think it's worth mentioning, is what not to do if you want to get promoted. There and you go. Gossip. Yeah, really watch watch your gossip. I mean, I know it's it's fun if you to be the person that's making everybody laugh and getting the attention of people listening to your your funny story or as the author uh, points out here your funny impression of of the mm -hmm. the boss. Uh, but that that isn't going to serve you in the long term. I don't want you to completely squash your sense of humor, but but watch what you're saying about other people, whether it's gossip or, or making fun of people, that is not great. That'll get you noticed in a way you don't really want to get noticed. And it isn't going to be somebody that you'll look at and say, that would be a good leader for our organization. I'd like to promote them. Um, it actually would go the opposite and you start getting concerned. Can this person, does this person have the maturity to lead? Will people take them seriously? Are they veering too close to the line of, of her, you know, harassment, uh, you have to be careful about, about your, your humor and, and your gossiping. Right. Nobody, you're not going to promote a loose cannon. If you can't trust somebody, um, yeah, that's, that's not going to go anywhere. That person becomes a liability as opposed to an asset. One good rule of thumb that I've always um, 
uh, heard was the humor should come from the situation and not um, from another person. I like that. Yeah, the humor should be if it's a funny situation, not the way someone speaks or or a mistake someone made or an an unfortunate, it should be a a situational thing. So if you can kind of think about that and, um, you know, the golden rule and and how that applies. I also noticed, um, oh, I'm sorry, Christina, go ahead. I was just going to say one other thing I've heard uh, from other people is, is the don't say something um, behind someone's back that you wouldn't say to their face. So if you're, if it's truly in jest or you're just having, you know, fun and it's humor um, and if, would you be comfortable saying it in front of that person? So that's where you can kind of draw that line of whether you're talking smack or gossiping or whether, you know, you're, you're using some humor based on a situation. Right. And remember, it is a workplace, too. You know, you can um, you can have friends and you can have office friendships, but this isn't um, this is still a workplace and there are boundaries and there are um, things that just shouldn't be crossed. And if, if you don't uh, speak poorly and you don't gossip, you never have to remember what you might have said that offended someone. If you always just try to to shoot for that golden mean and, and, and you know, behave appropriately. Right. The last thing I'll, I'll mention before we sh- uh, close up today is there was a recommendation for Amy Cuddy's presence. Is that your recommendation, Jen, or is that in the Forbes article? No, that is my recommendation. I don't know if you've ever read this book, but it's a great book if you are preparing to sell yourself in an interview or do a presentation. It gives some really practical tips on how to kind of calm your nerves and, um, and really present your best self in a presentation or in an interview um, with confidence. And, um, and so it's a nice, I would say a nice kind of capper to do all these things that are articulated in the article. And then when it's time for you to present yourself and, and sell yourself at that promotional opportunity, reference that book. So you're presenting your, your best self. I love it. I love it. We always mention in supervisor training, your elevator speech, you know, you've got 11 seconds. You just got on the elevator with the boss. You have to make small talk in there. What can you say in that short time that's going to represent yourself well, that's going to sell who you are um, when you have that 30 seconds with the boss? Ladies, I think that's all the time we have for our show today. I want to thank Jen McMahon for joining us. Uh, If you want more, she's going to be back on July 10th. She is our host and moderator of the IPELRA webinar sexual harassment prevention and training. This is a mandated requirement that municipalities educate their staff. And as of January 1st, 2020, now they're elected officials. So we're making this webinar available for all our members. And there is a fee also for non-members. You can attend the training yourself or you can download, purchase, and share it as the official training to train your staff and elected. Any of our listeners want to get in touch with Jen or if they'd like more information on this topic, how can they get a hold of you? You know what? Um, you can go on to St. Charles's uh, website, and my email is on that website. Um, or you can call St. Charles and just ask for the HR department, and uh, I, we, I'd love to have a talk. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And if our listeners have anything they want to say, we're listening. Send us a recorded voice message we can play or join us on a future podcast. Connect with us through the IPELRA website at www.ipelra.org. And of course, on Twitter at IPE 
P-E-L-R-A. Support IPELRA by becoming a member. We are dedicated to providing training and resources to HR and labor professionals in local government. Join us next time as we discuss implicit bias. I'm Megan Solera. And I'm Christina White. And this has been Real Time with IPELRA. Thank you so much for joining us.